Hello, and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with peas, the peachy, the pert, and the perspicacious Mary Abijay. <laughs> Oh my God, that was so great. What does perspicacious mean? Uh, clear-sighted and perceptive. Ah, likey, likey, likey. <laughs> exactly. Hey everybody, my name is Mary Abajay, and I am going to introduce to you my co-host, the punctual, the personable, and the pleasantly pluckish Chris DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> pluckish. pluckish. I love that. Pluckish. What am I, a turkey? Pleasantly pluckish. <laughs> or I, maybe the word really is puckish. I wasn't really sure. But I, I love pluckish. Like, oh, that's uh, fun. I know. It's kind of fun. Oh, that's good. Uh, all right. Well, Chris, I am excited today because we are doing a show all about, I'm calling it for now, new and approved in the new year. So mm. these are all questions we have today about people who are trying to better their work-life situations in the new year. Mm. Not necessarily resolutions, but they are trying to make their life better. And they have some questions for us about what they can do uh, to make their work life better. And in spirit of that, Chris DeSantis, yes. we are going to give a special offer to all of our 100 listeners right now. And that is, we are going to give away five copies of uh, uh, autographed copies of my book, Managing Up, How to Move Up, Win at Work, and Succeed with Any Type of Boss to the first five people that email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. Or you can tweet us at cubicleconfide1. So the first five people that uh, send us a note, uh, they're going to get a free book. No, just they just have to say hi. They don't have. Oh, to they just have question. to say hi. That's I'm, all you have to do. I'm easy. It's the new year. I'm wow. easy. They just have I, to I, say hi. Well, listeners, I'd like a question. Just if you're going to send the note, <laughs> ask a question. <laughs> I love it. And then, Chris, you know, when your book comes out uh, in a month or so, yours going to be giving up some books too. Just I will ready. be giving up books as well, but I will ask for a question. Yeah, you can ask for anything you want. You can ask for their shoe size. You can ask for their <laughs> you can for their star sign. Whatever you well, want. Well, we did an episode recently on inappropriate. Questions, so I, I don't want any of those. <laughs> no, you don't. All right, so Chris, as we're about to jump into uh, new and improved in the new year, a mm -hmm. uh, quick question for you: yes. Do you make New Year's resolutions? Uh, no, I do not make New Year's resolutions because I do know that re New Year's resolutions don't normally work. So, in that sense, I just try to take a clean slate to it. Let's just say. Do you set like goals every year or do you pass over New Year's without any sort of reflection whatsoever? Well, like I'm not quite as shallow as all that. <laughs> <laughs> what, it's a new year? What's that? <laughs> what? It's going to happen again? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Oh, great. Oh, my God. Well, you when know, do we ever get off this train ride? <laughs> I mean, everybody does take time, like, you know, like to do a career review or something. Oh, like, I Do you see. do anything like that no, this time I of year? No, I don't. I do like the idea, though, the, the, it's, there is the, this element of uh, another sort of a rebirth sort yeah. of thing. But then yeah. I squander that by February. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always do like the week before Christmas and New Year's. I usually, we usually shut down the business for a week. And uh, I always, every year, I do two things. I mm -hmm. create a word of the year, which is oh. a theme for uh, my year. And the theme is going to be something that I want more of, something I want to do, something that I want to like remember. So it's my theme. What was uh, this year? Light. 
Light. Uh, light. And so what I wanted to do this year was really kind of, uh, I wanted to uh, bring light to people. I wanted to be enlightened. I wanted to find light things. I wanted to feel light. Uh, and I wanted things to shine. I wanted to be a little more shiny. So that was my word this year. That's, do you have one picked out for next year? Not yet. Uh, so I got to be working How on about that. dark. Just so it- <laughs> <laughs> maybe dark or maybe just shut your pie hole should be my, my, my word. Hole. And then the other thing I do, the other thing I do, it's not resolutions, but I do set career goals and business goals, uh, every year. So do you? Yeah, I do. I do. And then I write, and the thing is, I write them down, like with a pencil or a mm-hmm. pen right. on a piece of paper. And then I don't look at them, but then at the end of the year, I look back and it's shocking just by writing them down, uh, how many of them actually happen. Oh, so you don't, you don't attend to it over the course of nope. the year. Nope. Interesting. I you write just put it down. in an envelope? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. It's you mail it to yourself? It's called intention setting, so... Huh, that's a very interesting process. People try, but you should try the word of the year. The theme is really great. I mean, it really helps me like make decisions and makes me like check on myself. How am I showing up in the world? Yeah, I'd like the idea of that. <laughs> in practice, not so much. <laughs> I'm not, I just don't know. I'd have to think about that. Let me give it a year to think. That'll be the year of thinking. Let's do that. Or, or I'm just going to give you a word of the year and you'll have to live with it. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to be pluckish. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a portmanteau of pluckish and, 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 and I don't know, and cynical. <laughs> I love it. All right, Chris, are you ready for our first question? Yeah, this will be fun. All right. This is from Underutilized in Urbana. Dear Mary and Chris, I have a question about managing my career in the new year. Recently, my organization reorganized and my scope of responsibilities were greatly reduced to where I can almost go through the motions at work and not even break a sweat. My strengths are in creating new things or improving broken things, not in maintaining the current mode of operation, which is my current set of responsibilities. My interim boss doesn't want to give me additional responsibilities as he has the interim tag. My question to you is, do you think it's okay for me to contact my new senior director to let her know my situation and to offer to take on more responsibilities that will be out of my current scope? I only know her through some brief encounters, so I'm not sure how she'll react to me asking for additional responsibilities when she doesn't know me too well. Signed, as I said before, underutilized in Urbana. And Mm. let me just say this to you about this, which I didn't want to share live, Mm -hmm. but this person works for a very, very large Fortune 100 company. Oh, okay. We won't be naming it, right? We won't be naming it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Unless they'll give me free stuff because it's one of those, it's one of those companies that sell like consumer products. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let me, let me take a a stab at this. Okay. Okay. So you squared, Um, uh, your company just reorganized, right? You have an interim boss, a temp, right? He has a boss that doesn't know you, right? And they only have a—they've uh, not only limited the scope of your work, meaning they've taken away the things that you actually like doing, and only left the things you don't care for as much. And they're not allowing you to do those fun things anymore. So I think that sort of sets the picture. Let's start right at the beginning with it's a reorganization. 
That means it's an organization in flux, and there are two forces at work, those of expansion and those of contraction. Expansion is that some of these executives in the new organization are going to get more control and more responsibilities. And contraction is some of them will lose them. It sounds like to me somebody took some of those responsibilities. Now, meanwhile, when any organization is reorganizing, when there's change, managers and employees will often uh, hold on to more work than delegate it. And that being the point, because this is uncertainty. And so uncertainty leads to risk aversion and, again, contraction. Since you have an interim boss, it seems unlikely that he'll rock the boat unless he's been specifically assigned to do so. Uh, now, it would explain why he's holding on to what you normally would be doing. He, so in that case, uh, he's not willing to expand your responsibilities, is my sense of this, because someone upstairs has expanded those responsibilities somewhere else. So if you do an end run around him and go to your boss's boss, I do not think that will serve you. Again, because of uncertainty, you'll come off as not being a team player during this period of flux. So my advice. Put your needs aside for the moment. Go to the interim boss and ask, how can you help? You'd happily make room on your plate to take anything off of his. You might even do a little homework and find out what isn't working, because there's things that don't work when you reorganize, and then volunteer to take that away and do that for him. So uh, this, if it can in any way speed up the or, or, or speed up the process, get on his good side. That's my point. Don't be shy about asking him. Uh, 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 eventually, eventually, if you are on his good side, don't be shy about asking him what's next for him, and then as a consequence, what's possibly next for you. See, they've got to put somebody else's name into his job, and why not, why not have your hat in the ring? Meanwhile, find out what uh, where your pro previous responsibilities are housed and see is that where is there is, is can your future lie there and is there a path to getting there so yeah. i hope that doesn't too convoluted in what i'm saying no so let me see if i can sum up because yeah. i think i was going to say the exact same thing less smartly uh no. so basically first thing is this is change uh organizational yes. change is trumping your needs right now yes. and change is messy and when change happens things tend to either expand and contract but people do tend to hold on to stuff so mm -hmm. uh basically slow your roll be a little patient put your needs aside right now and just like definitely don't do an end run around your boss especially no. right now uh but see what you can do for your boss taking on some extra responsibilities there Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, kind of just sit tight for a little while till everything kind of shakes out from the change. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think that's exactly right. I don't have much difference. Um, I was going to uh, just say clearly, like, you know, you got to put yourself in your boss's shoes. If they're mm -hmm. in an interim, uh, we don't know whether or not your boss wants that job or whether they're just a placeholder as this organization happens. Uh, so definitely, I agree, don't do an end run. And if you are going to do an end run, I would get support from your boss first. Like, go yeah. talk to your boss and yeah. be like, listen, dude, I am so bored. I cannot stand it. I need more to do. I know that we are in a reorg, you know, 
help me get what's your advice for helping me uh there's probably a lot more going on in the organization that you know so i agree with you be patient mm-hmm. and if you do want to get take on more responsibility go find it first and then make a clear request like look around like who needs help on the stuff that you're doing like is there another project that could use an extra hand and if that's the case then go to your boss and say hey i know we're kind of status quo right now but xyz project could use a couple hours a week of my time uh, I would love to do that. Would that be possible? So be very specific if you're going to ask for something. But other than that, I completely agree with Chris. Like, give it some time. Right. See what shakes out with this reorg. Um, and as the reorg shakes out, if it does look like your job is going to be boring babysitting job, then you need to like start exploring throughout the organization, exploring some internal mobility, talking to your boss, having career path conversations. But I think for right now, you got to sit tight for a little bit. I agree. And, and by the way, just to add to that your responsibilities are somewhere the things that you like to do they exist somewhere so make sure that you have uh, the path meaning the opportunity to have the conversation to get to that yeah. You know, what I love about this question is it's, there, it's, it has so much in it. It's like, it's about managing up, right? Right. It's about managing your career, like through internal mobility, like really thinking about what's going on with your career. And it's about making effective requests and knowing how to make them and when to make them. Yeah, there you go. So I love this question. So, all right. So hopefully I think we've helped underutilize in Urbana. I and, know we have. And I hope underutilized, I happen to know it's a man because I saw his name uh, and his email. Uh, let us know how it works out. Yeah, I agree with that. And your fancy Fortune 100 company, and maybe you'll send us some gifts. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I do, though. It, it, frankly, though, it infers by this this email or this question you ask, you are a bit of a, a mover and a shaker, and you're, yeah. you, you probably err towards impatience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people who like to create usually do, right? They're yeah. not going to want to sit around and like babysit something that's already that's already baked. They did that, been do there, the done that. Yeah, and then, you know, by the way, I agree with him. That's one of the reasons why um, I hated running the bars was because once it was created, it was just babysitting. Yeah, babysitting drunks. All right, are you, <laughs> <laughs> are you ready? Are I you am. ready for the second question? All right, I love I love this one. This is called "There's a New Sheriff in Towson." <laughs> <laughs> And just for you guys, so all of you know, Towson is a is a big uh, suburb of Baltimore. All right. Dear Cubicle Confidential, I'm a newish manager and I'm getting ready to do my first round of annual performance reviews and I need some guidance. Here's the sitch situation. Uh, I was promoted from team member to team manager six months ago when my boss retired. This boss was one of those really nice guys, the go along to get along kind of guy, perhaps even a little bit retired in place kind of guy. So our annual performance reviews were kind of a joke. He never really gave anybody any real feedback. And as a result, we have a few low performers on the team who, of course, don't realize that they are low performers since they were always given high marks. This needs to change. How can I tell people the truth who haven't ever been told the truth without creating a mutiny? Mm -hmm. I want to be a good manager, but I also want to be honest with people. Signed, new sheriff in Towson. Wow. (laughs) I love this question. Hey, Chris, before you answer it, have you ever had to burst somebody's bubble? You mean tell them that they're not really as good as they imagine themselves to be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. No, I don't think I've had to had that conversation because uh, I, I, I've not come. I, no, I don't think I've ever worked 
with anybody that was so inflated. Ah, uh, this reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where Elaine goes, is it possible I'm not as attractive as I think I am? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. So uh, are you ready to take this question on? Yeah, this was an Go, interesting question because it's layered, right? Yeah. So first off, congrats on the new job, right? And condolences. <laughs> and condo Right. Now, let me start off. You got this job as a consequence of working for someone who seems to suffer from the habit of grade inflation so that he could be liked by others. So now the problem you'll face is one of credibility. You have a very, your very nice boss most likely had a say in you getting promoted. And now you're saying to others or saying uh, that others who are also evaluated by the same boss are unlike you, not good, good performers. So I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that if you approach this by bringing it up that he was a softy, it will result in them thinking of you what you think of them. And so my point is, it behooves you to leave your boss out of this discussion. Start with a clean slate. Their low performance might also be a consequence of a boss who abdicated his responsibilities. Look, if I think I'm doing well, my boss tells me I'm doing well, then I am then likely I'm doing well. <laughs> exactly. I'm likely to conclude I'm doing well, right? So in that sense, you mentioned you wanted to be honest with people. That's fair, but first you have to understand why are they performing as they are? And I think you're making assumptions about them, uh, uh, assumptions about them because in spite of your boss's laissez-faire attitude, you got promoted. I would suggest you meet with each person. Explain to them how you manage, what are your expectations of the position they hold, and what good performance looks like in terms of deliverables and behaviors. I would then ask them, what do they need from you to support these goals going forward? You'll meet some resistance because you're introducing a structure and metrics and objectives that your boss didn't do before that. But the reality is you are actually helping these employees to develop competence in a way that their boss previously never did. Yeah, I really like that. You know, I, I think our, our advice is going to be really similar. Uh, you got to set expectations. You've got to meet with them. You got to be really clear. You got to expect a low resistance. Right. Um, so they understand it. Yeah. You know, my, my thoughts were the first thing I wanted to say to the new sheriff in Towson uh, <laughs> is you got to make sure, first of all, that you understand the process of a good performance review, yes. uh, a good annual one. So you've never done it before. So I do want to like just take him back a moment. Chris, oh, that's and good. Be like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, okay, first of all, uh, 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 performance reviews, annuals need to be a recap of performance conversations that you've had all year. You've only had six months. I will get back to that in a moment. Uh, your performance reviews should include both positive things they did well and developmental feedback, things they want to work on. It should also include a future focus. So there needs to be a part of the conversation where they're talking about the future and it absolutely needs to have the performance reviewee, the person that you are reviewing, their voice needs to be in there. So they mm -hmm. need to come to that meeting with their thoughts and their ideas and really like making sure you're here, those voice. So those are just a couple of mm -hmm. basics performance reviews. Anything else on the annual that you want to throw in there that for well, my other specific? Well, one, one thing that you, there is going to be a very 
big difference between how you come across in that dialogue and how your previous boss came across in that dialogue. Yeah. Because he's all about, yeah, you are the best ever, you, yeah. no matter what you do. And you are you are coming off as the realist. And right. they will not see that as, as realistic. They will see that as n- that you are not on their side. That's right. And so once you understand the mechanics of the of an annual review process itself, a couple other things. I would actually consider using this as a recalibration year oh, for a couple of reasons. One is you've only been their manager for six months. You were not the one that set their expectations. You were mm-hmm. not the ones that set out their goals. So for you to come in and like review them on that is going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. You haven't had performance conversations with them all year. So I would actually actually, uh, I would actually recalibrate and I would be honest about it. I would say, listen, I'm not really sure that I'm in the position to actually give you effective performance reviews, given I've only been your manager for six months, because I don't think it's fair for you to evaluate them as a team member, right? right? Like, I don't think you can use your experience as a team member and Mm -hmm. use that into the performance review. And so I would say, listen, I want everyone to come to me for their annual review. I'll give you a couple of my ideas, but I really want you to self-review yourself. So find out what they think of their performance. Mm -hmm. Have them self-assess. This is going to give you a little bit of uh, information on them. This will give you some sense of how really deluded they actually (laughs) are. And ask a lot of questions like, did you think your performance standards were about at the right altitude you know what would you do differently next time where did you struggle you know so i would use this as a recalibration uh time and then after the reviews are done then i would say bring everyone together and say okay so thank you all for doing this here's what it's going to look like for next year and then be intentional and and transparent about your intention to raise the standards, mm-hmm. right? And be really clear, as Chris said, here are the markers of high performance, here are the markers of medium performance, here are the markers of low performance. And then you might want to meet with everybody again, just to do individual uh, kind of setting of expectations. And exactly everything Chris said is expect some resistance, expect some confusion. Uh, so that would be my approach. Recalibrate this year and then set them up for a real performance uh, standards for the next year. Can I just add one thing? Because yeah. it's not a point of disagreement. It's always, a, but I always had a point of caution around these self assessments. Yeah. The problem I have with a self assessment, if they write it down, it becomes an anchor that they defend. And and if these people are already deluded in the sense that look, uh, my boss thought I was a brilliant at this. Uh, you know, I showed up today. He thinks I'm brilliant. So in that sense, if they're deluded in that sense, they're going to anchor with their delusions. And the problem is you're going to have to... So I would say if you're going to get a self-assessment uh, about their performance, don't have them write it down. Just have it say, look, I'm going to talk about the, the the top three things you did this year and about how you thought you did it with them. Just We're going to have a discussion on that. This way you can, you can focus them around what you want to talk about that you think is important, but also it's not written. So in that sense, well, it's just there's a, a difference between writing it and handing it in. Like I don't want yeah. people. I want people to write it down so they're prepared for the meeting. But I'm not asking them to uh, hand something formally. Okay, because I agree I, with yeah. you. Then anchors it. But I don't want someone to just show up and. T- I want them to create a list. I yes, want them to. I'm like, good with that. That's what I do with my team. Like if they just show up and they're like, "Oh, I, I think I did this." Like, no, no, you got to take some time to really prepare. Yeah. But I, also I don't like make the idea- them hand it into me. No, but I, I like the idea of, of focusing on what, what areas were so pivotal in terms of the key work yeah. that they did. Yeah. So, so, cause yeah. you know, the boss might have liked them because he picked up their coffee. And I was well, like, yeah. <laughs> was well, like, you know, don't and bring I that also, into the meeting. 
I also think that when you are going to get some performance review, I think you need to hear their voice. Like I yeah. really want to hear from my team anyway, you know, what they really thought they did well. Uh, Cause then you can see like maybe, and if I didn't think they did that well, then that gives me some sense of there's either a miscommunication or we weren't articulating the expectations clearly. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely want to hear from them. I want new sheriff to hear from them what they think of themselves. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right, so new sheriff in Towson, keep it cool for six more months, and then you can like bring out the guns. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, by the way, I'm not a big fan of the annual performance review. No, I, I think uh, no, they're ridiculous. If 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 it's done annually, then don't do it because yeah. uh, it's it's a it's basically an historical document. It should be the real review should happen closer to the event. If it ha yeah. if, if somebody's working for you every two or three weeks, you should, they should be knowing how are they doing relative to what is being asked of them to do. And you know, and the big consulting firms are doing away with annual yes, reviews yes. and they are making their managers have frequent co uh, career conversations. Uh, and it's much more effective because the truth is most of us forget. Like, So your annual review becomes just like, here's where I remember the last three weeks. <laughs> well, it becomes, uh, yeah, recency theory. You know, yeah. it's what I most remember. But also what it becomes is what are the highlights relative to what I, and so what yeah. I end up doing is I end up coming giving you the conclusion of who you are yeah. not the behaviors you engaged in to got to the conclusion that I have of you so yeah. I might say to Mary hey sh you're not being a very good team player well she which I'm not, not by the way people yeah but so she will know clear. what that means so what does she do well there's no behaviors here so but if I said Mary you know you tend to interrupt at meetings could you watch that okay then I walk away now yeah don't interrupt you see, that's a behavior. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, most people just aren't good at these performance nah. reviews. Most people aren't good at giving feedback, uh, which is why we've done several shows on it. And yeah. I will have to say this, like my team always wants an annual review and I hate it. It takes so much time. And, you know, I think I'm pretty good at telling them when they... In the moment. In the moment, where they do things really well or when they when they don't. So, yeah. So, anyway. And we can go on to this. We have a whole episode on feedback. So, we'll do another well, one of those And as I'm well. sure we'll have many more. All right. Yeah. Are you ready for our yeah. third and ultimate question? Let's go. Uh, this is from Looking Ahead in Loudoun. Loudoun. And by the way, for those who don't know, Loudoun is a county in Virginia. Oh. Uh, it's a very big, one of the best, fastest growing counties in America. <laughs> Dear Cubicle Confidential, my employer has said they support my professional development, but their actions are not matching their words. This is compounded by the fact that we are mostly remote still, mm. and there are fewer in-person conferences and such for me to attend. Mm. How can I get my employer to value my continued development? As a younger professional in the finance field, it is important for me to continue to learn and grow. I don't want to sit on the sidelines for another year. What can I do? Looking ahead in Loudon, Chris DeSantis, mm. you go first. Well, first of all, I really like your attitude that you're you want to learn. Now, if you want to learn, you got to give them a reason to to allowing you to that. So, uh, what could you be doing? What what could you be doing better? Or what could you start doing if you had the training appropriate for your job level? So that's the first question you ask because it really has to do what's the business case, right? What's the business case for funding it relative to the improvement in the work as a consequence of doing it? Uh, so think in terms of this. We've said this on previous shows. Think in terms of saving them time, making them money, or increasing or, uh, saving them money or increasing revenues. If you can come up with a case around that, and since you're working remotely, you also have to think in terms of how do I acquire skills in a remote environment? And this is remote learning, and there are two kinds of remote learning, formal 
and informal. Let's start with formal. Formal is, I'll give you three options. You can take a standalone webinar course of some kind. In fact, Mary's uh, uh, consulting firm does things like this. Tons you, of them. Exactly. You can take a, a certificate offering. And the certificate, the advantage here is it's, it's two or three courses related to a theme that then you could apply towards a degree or if they have a, a reimbursement, go for the degree option. But I really think if you're only a year into this, that's really pushing the envelope unless there is something that is said explicitly. But when you walk in, we'll pay for your degree. Now, yeah. there's also the informal. Informal is finding something you want to learn that is part of the work you're doing or that is part of the work a more experienced person at your level is doing or the immediate next level up is doing, and then find out who in the workplace is doing it and how could you be a part of learning from them or be a part of a team that's performing it. Make it something tangible so that there's an op, uh, there's an outcome that is apparent, meaning that we can see that you've done that. And once you prove your mettle in this capacity, go back and ask for another learning opportunity, either a formal or informal one. So yeah, make a plan. Yeah, so I, I agree. You know, I love that you started out saying like, I like your enthusiasm. My impression of this conversation, this question was, I hate your whining. <laughs> this person to me is whining. You have a complaint. Inside every complaint is a request. Find it and make it. It is not your employer's job to determine what kind of mm. learning opportunities you want. Young person, get out there. As Chris said, find the opportunities that are going to be right for you. Do not expect them to hold your hand and find the learning opportunities. And as Chris said, it doesn't have to be in-person conferences. The fact that you can't find anything during the pandemic, I call bull. There's so many ways to learn and increase your development. So do your own homework and legwork on, on professional development. Don't wait for them to find something for you. Find what you want and then make an effective request. Find a couple different options. And as Chris said, an effective request is what it is, what is the professional development, why you want it, how it will benefit to them, to Chris's point, how's it going to make them more money? How's it going to save them money? How's it going to increase their brand, their capacity, et cetera? And then what are you going to do to make this happen? Bam, that's how you do. So get in front of this thing, be proactive, find the request and just keep making it. And they might say no. And then you say, well, is there a budget for my professional development? Do you have any other suggestions for mm -hmm. things I might do? But as Chris said, there are so many opportunities out there, even remote to learn and grow, but you've got to do your own homework. I agree. I agree. Tough love. How tough you like love. that? that? Mary Abajay gave some tough love exactly <laughs> that would be tough beeping love in a moment That's once right. jack gets this. i think i put i think i put jack to work on this one he's got a couple beeping to do so chris i this has of course been always a delight i want to wish you a happy new year um it's just been what we've been doing this for six months and i'm excited it's been to, six months it's been six months oh i'm excited my. to see what 2022 will bring us uh we want to thank everybody for listening uh and wish everybody a happy yes, new year happy new year you everyone hoping that you have work-life happiness and work-life wealth come your way in the new year don't forget our special offer for the first five people that email us or tweet us we're going to give away a signed autographed hardcover copy of managing up uh, by mary abajay uh, so we also want to thank Jack Edinger, our amazing executive producer who maybe he won't be underpaid in the new year but 
He is still now. <laughs> uh, if you have a cubicle quagmire, a question, a problem, a challenge, uh, shoot us an email to info at cubicleconfidential.com. Tweet us at cubicleconfide1. Find us on LinkedIn or Facebook. People, we are everywhere. And until then, happy new year. Have a great work week. Be kind. And if you can't, call Chris. <laughs> 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 All right, Jack, let's hear some music. Music.